Welcome back, everyone. It's August 1st, Tuesday, about 8.30 New York time. Welcome back to the Daily Podcast. I am here with a little bit of sake. Uh, it was a crazy end of day. I think it was a crazy session overall. I, I had a lot more time today to kind of look at the cross currents and look also look at individual shares of companies, listen to some earnings calls. But there's been some really heavy developments today, which I'm going to cover. This is kind of going to be like story time, uh, a little bit different from the past 20 episodes. Uh, And I do want to cover some things today. But uh, before I digress, let's jump right into the breath numbers for the day. So um, finishing up the day, we had 222 new highs, 97 new lows. 30% were advancing and 66% were declining. The Dow closed up 0.2%. NASDAQ, S&P, and Russell all closed down. Uh, NASDAQ was down 0.4%. S&P was down a quarter percent. And the Russell was down 0.45%. Watching the tape today, it looked kind of bearish, to be honest with you. A lot of um, shares were being sold off. Um, but nothing crazy uh, outside of some of the outliers, which I'll cover. But more importantly, uh, there's been some developments after hours with uh, Fitch downgrading the uh, credit worthiness of USA and our credit. We went down from we went from a triple A rating down to an AA plus. Uh, Fitch has not downgraded our credit here in the U.S. since 2011 when we're coming uh, right out of the financial crisis. Um, Looking at yields, the 10-year yield is still at 4%, which is uh, not a good sign. If if we continue to increase uh, in the 10-year yield, it's um, a headwind for the economy and for borrowing. Uh, the dollar or DXY is still above 100 at 101, uh, and that was the close number. But tomorrow or the the overnight session might be wild with the Fitch downgrade. And what I noticed was at 10 a.m. today, all of the magnificent seven went into the red, and uh, for a little bit there, the builders were green around 10 a.m., but they finished uh, off the highs. Uh, looking at some of their ch- charts here. Um, but I want to stay on this for a second. So when I look at companies like Lennar, they were actually up like literally 16 cents today. If I look at Toll Brothers, they're red today, down four pennies. Uh, if I look at, um, let's see, XHB, which is the buildings uh, ETF, they're only down 0.6%. But there's something going on when you look at um, Beezer Homes, okay? Beezer Homes closed up again today, up 4%. So I was just curious, and I did a comparison chart between Beezer Homes, Apple, and Tesla year-to-date starting Jan 1. And lo and behold... Beezer Homes is outperforming um, even NVIDIA. Um, Pretty shocking, huh? Um, 
when you take a look, um, let's see. Another one that um, was just eye-popping to me was Open Door. So Open Door has been crushed uh, if you take a look at the long-term chart. Okay, and, and I'll post this. So the lifetime high for Open Door was back in February of 2021. This was before the whole pandemic shutdown. Um, and at that time, it was trading close to $39, $40. We then crashed all the way down to December 22nd to 94 cents. And today, it's up uh, quite a bit. It's closed today at $5.28, up 3.23%. But when I do a comparison chart, of open table versus Nvidia, Beezer Homes, and uh, Dr. Horton, open table year to date is up 384%. Nvidia is up 226%. Beezer Homes is up 164%. Dr. Horton is up 41%. So this is the kind of market we're in right now. It is completely uh, bullish, but also kind of um, this FOMO market uh, where everyone's just trying to bid each other out to buy some of these uh, stocks. Um, I mean, that can be the whole show, right? Like literally like this example should tell you how frothy the market is. Beezer Homes is outperforming the Magnificent Seven, okay? A home builder that sells you homes um, at like, you know, 20, 30% margin. Um, but, you know, let's keep uh, picking at this scab, okay? So when you take a look at um, what is causing this, basically you have two markets right now. You have liquidity-fueled markets like the housing market. Um, you have the uh, employee tax credit uh, program where if you can prove uh, that you have employees that were impacted and your business was impacted during COVID, up to $26,000 per employee um, as a government slush fund for your business. So example, obviously I'm, this is not something I would ever do. But let's say my Substack had 100 employees, or if I did or I didn't, I, I claim it, and I say, you know what, uh, because of COVID, we couldn't operate. I can then go and try to um, apply for this uh, credit. And if they approve me at 100 employees, I'm going to get 100 employees times $26,000 as um, a jolly gee whiz we have faith in you to come back so there's a lot of fraud out there with this program i'm sure there's a lot of legitimate businesses that needed it uh like travel industries that were really hurting but there's also a lot of you know one-man operations that incorporated to take advantage of this um so you have that on one side and then you have um the manufacturing jobs that are fueled by the government 
So there's still a lot of um, liquidity, um, and there's also the, the uh, BTFD that's going straight to the bankers. That's just kind of fueling this frenzy. And then you have the other side of the house or the market, where for general consumers, you know, they're really maxed out on their credit cards. Average interest rate on your credit cards twenty percent plus now. Um, there's like rumors that all the student loans are going to start paying in October. Uh, so there's kind of like one bull market for people who have assets and liquidity, and then there's a bear market or hard landing for people who don't have liquidity. With that said, you know today's episode is going to be called "We Are All Currency Traders," and the reason I'm saying this is the backbone of everything that's going on. It's really dependent on the currencies and liquidity. So you have to keep track of the U.S. dollar, the pairings of the U.S. dollar yen, which is one of the most important pairings. Uh, you also have to keep an eye on the. Uh, the yield curves, the, the inverse yield curve, the 10-year treasury, the two-year, uh, as well as just you know interest rates in general. You have to take, pay attention to the bonds, so track TLT, as well as the inverse bond, TBT, Tom, boy, Tom, is the ticker. Um, but I want to read you something from one of my mentors, Bill Cara. Uh, I've known Bill for many years, over 20 years, and um, I've, you know, I learned a lot of my uh, analysis and trading methodology uh, from him. It's, you know, obviously I'm not copying him, but I've taken a lot of learnings uh, to suit my style, and I pulled in also uh, market profile studies and kind of combined a lot of those things. But when it comes to the interrelationship of all things markets, whether you're talking about bonds, stocks, um, financial statements, uh, balance sheets, he really knows how to see the whole picture. And when he posts something uh, that resonates with me that I think you can learn from, I will always share it. I posted this through uh, the Substack, but I'm actually just going to read it. Um, and this is in response to what happened with the yen and some of the yield curve controls that was announced earlier this uh, earlier last week. So this is just quote: Peter Schiff had this to say: Japan is the largest holder of U.S. Treasuries, with the yen failing and oil prices surging. JGBs, which is Japanese government bonds, will come under intense selling pressure. This will put more downward pressure on already too high Japanese inflation. Japan will dump its treasuries to pay down their debt and defend the yen. Peter may be right. He often is. But I doubt the full picture is understood. And Bill goes on to say, My take is that the wrong, I'm sorry, my take is that it's wrong to think too far out. Every move the BOJ, Bank of Japan, Bank of England, or the ECB can and will be countered by the U.S. Fed until the Fed has nothing more to give and the financial system collapses like 2008. As the yen continues to weaken, except for some interim BOJ moves like in recent days, the U.S. dollar will get too strong for U.S. exports to stay strong. 
And so the Fed will pause in September and again in early December. That will weaken the dollar, but also lift gold, oil, and other commodities, uh, bringing back inflation. The final act by the Fed to solve the inflation issue will be to hike rates in late December or early 2024, but that will be the hike that crashes the system. A Fed hike in September, if it happens, would shake the equity market, but not the final blow. That would happen with the next hike, likely in late December and again in January. I see dark skies ahead for 2024, like 08 and like 2000, 2002, only worse. Central banks outside the G7 Fed orbit continue to buy gold physical. There's only so much the Fed commercial banks uh, can do uh, with short futures to hold it back. Smart money realizes the Fed is running out of gas. End quote. So I will post this in the notes section as well. Uh, again, these are the opinions of Bill Cara. Um, and I think that it is very smart to watch the interplay and the relationships of uh, currencies, bonds, and treasury yields. I think that's all the only thing that's going to really matter because when you look at the equity markets, it's all still, you know, less than a dozen companies. So if you take those dozen companies uh, and then you add to the mix currencies and treasury yields and bonds, everything else are just ants crawling in between the grass. Um, this is going to be what moves the currents in the ocean. And I think everyone right now is just focused on, uh, you know, um, the parking lot. And no one's really paying attention to the currents of the ocean right now. This is going to set up, I think, H2 and uh, the next year. So be wary. I'm not trying to cause panic, but you need to watch some of these uh, bigger picture items because, hey, you might have two million, five million in your retirement account. If we do, I'm not saying we are. If we have another sell-off like 2000 or 2007, 2008, I don't know how old you are. Maybe you're already retired. You know, you know. If you take a look at some of these companies that went down during the financial crisis, like Citigroup, the bank. They're still down like 70-80% from their highs. Um, they just did reverse splits to optically look like they're back. You know, if you're 65, if you're 70, and your retirement account goes from $5 million to, to $1 million or 800000 are you going to wait another 20 years to make that back? And, and if you make it back... So I would be I would just warn to watch the ocean currents, the bigger picture. You know, as I said right now where the S&P is and the ES is if we don't go back to 4185 and and we hold that number and we continue to rally, hey, there's nothing to worry about, right? But watch some of these larger, pic bigger picture metrics to, to cover yourself. Um, you know, I get emails all day now from the likes of American Express and the banks 
that are offering, and like Apple uh, through Goldman Sachs underwriting, that they're offering 4% plus for a savings account. So there are true alternatives to putting your uh, money uh, to a risk-free account to collect 4 to 5% interest versus having to go into the market, into the wild, wild west, and buy things like Roku that went from 400 to 30, and now it's back to 90, and you know, you're just kind of hoping that it continues, you're chasing that move. So be very careful. Um, with that said, uh, let's see, what other notes did I have today? I mean, these were the things I really wanted to cover. Uh, another post that I, I, I uh, shared on Twitter is, you know, you, you should definitely watch TLT. If bonds go down, then yields will rise to attract buyers. It's an inverse relationship. Uh, if that happens, the U.S. dollar typically rises with yields. They're, they're usually lockstep. If U.S. dollar rises, and again, now with the Fitch downgrade, Yellen and you know Biden and everyone in the U.S. is going to try to defend the dollar, say, hey, we shouldn't be downgraded. The U.S. dollar is the, the best egg in the basket. They might start to defend the dollar. If the dollar starts to go up, that usually pressures risk assets like stocks, gold, silver. Those will fall if the U.S. dollar goes higher. If yields rise more, like let's say, you know, I don't know, 4.5, 5% for the 10-year, the other problem that will um, surface is that the servicing of our national debt will exceed $1 trillion every month. And it's just going to continue to grow. It's just like your credit card, right? You have, a let's say, a $20,000 balance. You just keep paying the minimum. That balance is going to double uh, in a very short time. So that's another cross-current that you have to keep track of. Um, continuing on this theme, today the Dow, I think I said, was up, right? Yeah, the Dow was the only one up. It was up 71 points or 0.2%. The only reason it was up was Caterpillar. Caterpillar reported and Caterpillar is up 9% today. If it wasn't for Caterpillar, we would probably be, we would definitely be down on the Dow. Um, AMD is up. Let me see what's the actual after-hour quote right now. It's 8:45 New York. AMD is up 2.7 percent right now after hours after reporting. I'm gonna re-listen. I only listened to like two minutes of the earnings call, but I'm gonna re-listen to it again. But their revenue fell 18% as the PC market showed continued weakness. Now, usually what happens in a bullish phase in a, in a market is people companies can report horrible growth, horrible earnings, horrible revenue, and stocks will still go up. Right In a bull market, it just doesn't matter. Uh, in a bear market, the opposite holds true. Right, You can report great earnings. Uh, but if the whole market is bearish, the price will still go down. Um, so we're still in a bullish impulse. Uh, AMD, you know, they're trying to ride this AI wave, but their revenues are falling. Um, so keep an eye on that. Uh, what was weak today? Uh, I have a few symbols here. Uber, I know, was down all day. 
they finished down 5.7%. And this is after uh, a decent earnings report, I think. I think the, the, the story here is they don't know where – analysts don't know where Uber is going to grow. Like that, that was, I think, the concern, but we'll see how it opens tomorrow. Uh, Lyft was also down. They report later next week, but they were down, I think, in sympathy, down 3.7%. Uh, Coin – they were down four and a half percent. Norwegian Cruise Lines they reported and they're down thirteen percent. Maybe the consumer is tapped out. I have not listened to the earnings call or looked at the numbers, but uh, I also noticed JetBlue, the, the airline carrier, was down six and a half percent on soft guidance. Um, DoorDash uh, ticker symbol D A S H down four point six three percent. Another consumer signal. Uh, there's a lot of things down today. Etsy uh, down three percent. Neo, the uh, car electric car company, uh, they're obviously up for the past uh, few weeks, but they finished down four point four eight percent. Let's see. Western Digital just reported, and they reported forty percent drop in sales. One of like their worst ever. But they're still hanging in there, right? Like, um, again, that's another bullish signal. Western Digital, ticker symbol WD. They're down 2.4% after hours after reporting this 40% drop in sales. So, hey, uh, maybe they'll grow somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe they'll sell toilet paper. Who knows? But that's a downtrend. Uh, When you look at the revenue year over year, down 27%. Operating... uh, Net income down 62%. Net profit margin down 48%. Earnings per share down 62%. That's year-over-year change. That doesn't sound like a bullish uh, stock or company to own. Um, So, yeah, everything's bullish right now, okay? Everything's bullish. But uh, be wary of some of these macro uh, uh, research that I'm sharing with you. Uh, Another one that reported... (laughs) Oh, my God. Lamb Research. So if you look at their last four four quarters, their earnings went from up 25%, up 26%, down 6%, now down 32%. They guided soft for the next quarter. Uh, before the end of August, they gapped up to lifetime highs. Again, that usually happens in a bullish impulse. If it was a bear market, they would have been crushed. So um, these are just some of the signs that I look at. What to watch? I'm going to sound like a broken record. The U.S. dollar, the 10-year yield, bonds, TLT, TBT. Watch the yen. Watch Apple and Amazon who report on Thursday. And that's all I have today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe at nyugrad.substack.com. You can find me on Twitter at NYU grad Substack. And uh, hope you had a great day, and I'll see you on the next episode.